while the modern day community college is about 60 years old, uh, we began two-year education in this country more than 100 years ago. And quite honestly, I think this is where some of the stigma started probably 100 years ago. But I think we have done an outstanding job in promoting ourselves, and we know that there's a lot more work to be done community colleges do enroll half or more of the college students in our state and to remember that those colleges are the engines of democracy because the half of students that are enrolled at a community college are those students who may not have opportunities and are getting the opportunity to have a high quality post-secondary educational experience in their community. The affordability, the flexibility, all of that made it possible for me to work my way through an associate's degree while figuring out where I wanted to go with my degree. The community college is, is an important and really helpful, useful starting point. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. And in fact, it's oftentimes the best choice you can make. Welcome to the Hashtag NCC Stigma Podcast Project. I'm Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio, and this is the sixth and final episode in our first series of podcasts. This podcast is designed to amplify the voices of people from across the country who are using the hashtag NCCStigma to create a more accurate view of community college and technical careers. During this series, our podcast has featured 40 guests representing 27 organizations in 15 states. What was planned as a short series of four 25-minute episodes blossomed into six hour-long podcasts due to the incredible interest on this important topic. On this final episode, we hear from a pair of leaders from the Michigan Community College Association's Student Success Center, community college alumni from Texas, Maryland, Ohio, and Oklahoma. And we conclude this final episode of Community College Month by hearing from the incoming board chair of the American Association of Community Colleges. Guests on this episode include Erica Oriens, Jenny Shanker, Faisal Amin, Maddie Cumston, Isaac Morrison, Lisa Humphrey, and Dr. Alex Johnson. We start the episode with a conversation I had with the leadership of one of the many student success centers that are operated by community college associations across the country. Well, I'm very excited to be joined by some former colleagues back in Michigan uh, from the Michigan Community College Association. Uh, joined with me today is Erica Oriens, who is the executive director of the Michigan Center for Student Success, and Jenny Shanker, who is the director for research and institutional practice at the Michigan Center for Student Success. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thanks. Very good. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. absolutely. Well, you're doing great work in Michigan and student success centers across the country are moving the needle for community college students. So I want to thank you for that work uh, right up front. But why don't I ask first, this issue of community college stigma and the social media campaign to combat it, what is it about that that has resonated with you up in Michigan? Thanks, Steve. This is Erica. I think that Jenny and I have the great opportunity to work with 28 very diverse community colleges in Michigan um, that span all the way across the state. And we know that they're proud of what they do. Um, and we know that they work very hard every day on their efforts to improve student success. Um, when we meet with uh, people across the state, whether that be presidents or chief academic officers or faculty or staff, um, one thing that we consistently see 
is that they are proud of what they do. They're proud of being part of a community college. And everyone I talk to who uh, has come from another sector of higher education or from another industry always says that the community college is the place for them. They wouldn't consider going anywhere else. And so I think that what you're doing with the um, social media campaign and NCC Stigma, really, um, you have a lot of fans out there. It really reinforces <laughs> Uh, what people that work at our colleges and universities already think. Well, that's really cool to hear, and I can vouch for it firsthand, having spent 23 years in Michigan Community Colleges, and you guys are doing great work up there. I really appreciate talking to you because that's true. The people in our institutions just love it. They don't want to be anywhere else. So given that, though, that's a lot of strong, positive uh, energy that people within the sector have. I know you encounter some of this negativity, some of these misconceptions. Can either one of you give me an example of uh, the stigma in practice, the way you've seen it out in the world? Sure, Steve. This is Jenny. Um, community colleges have, for the past several number of years, gotten a pretty bad rap in um, in the press and kind of some in the national conversation for uh, what are termed low completion rates. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the number of students who actually graduate from our institutions versus the number of students, the percentage of students who are graduating from, say, a four-year residential university, you see a, a big difference. And, and that's that's true. And community colleges do, you know, we own that um, that issue, but we also understand, also I think people don't understand how different our community college population is in terms of how many how many students are pursuing education part-time at community college? How many of them are, are adults and, you know, coming back to college after a number of years to pursue education? How many come to um, upskill their, uh, you know, upskill, up, upskill themselves mm-hmm. to move up in their work? And, and that really kind of um, contributes to those those low traditional completion rates. And we also have a lot of, a lot of students who uh, transfer from a community college to a four-year university without earning an associate's degree, which also contributes to sort of what, what looks like a very low completion rate when you um, aggregate in all of these other types of outcomes. Actually, um, the success that students are experiencing at community colleges is far greater than those those traditional outcomes would suggest. Well, that's a great observation because what I hear you saying is two things. First of all, we in community colleges own the fact that we do have some uh, indicators, some success indicators that need to improve dramatically. So that's one thing. We own that. But at the same time, what you've kind of called out is an education problem. The folks don't understand our, our, our mission, our student demographics, and the patterns of the of the the transfer pipeline, right? So we, it's our job to teach uh, folks that. So uh, I appreciate what you're doing in that regard, and you know I can hear it in both of your voices. You love working for on behalf of Michigan mm-hmm. Community College students. That's wonderful. What is it specifically that makes you proud uh, to work in the area of community colleges? So this is Jenny again. I would say the opportunity to help community colleges improve um, and, and to observe both nationally and the colleges in Michigan, how hard the 
people who work in those colleges from the leadership to the frontline staff are working on initiatives like guided pathways, mm-hmm. um, trying to smooth those pathways for students and, and, and help that help that pipeline become clearer, um, clar- help students clarify their objectives, and help um, practitioners move students better through the path through the pipeline and into those educational goals, whether it's transfer directly into the workplace. Um, community college people are some of the hardest working people in higher education, I would say, and are they're committed to uh, increasing equity, closing achievement gaps in um, success rates, and making sure that 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 high quality post-secondary education is available to everybody in every community where there's a community college located. That's awesome. How about, yeah, and I would go ahead, Erica. Yeah, I would just add to that. I think Jenny hit on the work that we do every day, um, helping colleges in Michigan focus on completion and, and improving transfer student outcomes. But I'll just say personally, one of my favorite things about uh, the reason that I'm proud to work with community colleges is all those other things that community colleges do, the role that they play in the community. Um, we go, Jenny and I travel all over the state to various different campuses, and, you know, we see um, fitness centers that are open to the public, swimming pools. Um, our campuses have beautiful artwork on display. Um, there are plays and musicals and community events and family events all over campus, not to mention the college courses they offer, the training that they offer, the continuing ed, um, just the, the courses, maybe even on Michigan history that they offer on campus. And even though we focus every day on completion and transfer um, and, you know, other sort of academic aspects of our colleges, I think one of my favorite things about community colleges is just seeing that how much they are a hub of the community. And I think that's especially true at our rural community colleges mm-hmm. um, where, you know, two thirds of community colleges in this country are in rural communities. And in some ways um, they may be the only place that's offering those services in the community. Um, so I'm just, I'm very proud that our colleges um, embrace that part of their mission in a way that, um, that you don't necessarily see anywhere else. Oh, I couldn't agree. That's a great observation, particularly about our rural colleges, because they are in many ways the cultural hubs of some of the communities that they serve. And uh, you gave some great examples there. So wonderful reasons to be proud. Uh, so I have a final question for both of you. I've asked everyone this because I want everybody to get their elevator speech really uh, in top shape. And I know you have one. So I'd like each of you to give a crack at this, a kind of a thought experiment. Imagine that you've got an assembled group who uh, don't understand or aren't really clear about the things that you know and that your member colleges know, and uh, maybe even harbor some of these misconceptions about community colleges. What would your uh, argument be in favor of our institutions? Well, Steve, this is Erica. I'll go back, I guess, and continue with what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Um, You know, you know very well the history of community colleges in Michigan, and Mm -hmm. many of our colleges were created in the 1960s um, when they were granted, communities were granted the authority to assess a local property tax to support that community college. Mm -hmm. And if I were making a value proposition to especially to policymakers today, I think I would think back to 50 years ago when those communities voted to 
to pay more property tax to have a community college in their community. And 50 years later, how lucky are those communities that their, uh, you know, the generation before them in the 1960s was willing to support that college, knowing that it was an open access institution, knowing that that meant all the things that that would provide to the community. Um, that's why there's value in community colleges. That's fantastic. And that, and you need to keep telling that story, right? In Lansing, it's an important story. How about you, Jenny? So I would say that kind of similar to what Erica has said, but also kind of um, amplify the message around the fact that community colleges do enroll uh, half or more of the college students in our state and probably and in many other states as well. I can imagine where there are mm -hmm. um, robust community college presence. And to remember that those colleges are the engines of democracy because the half of students that are enrolled at a community college are those students who may not have opportunities elsewhere, may not have had the the opportunity to attend a four-year residential school and are getting the opportunity to have a high-quality post-secondary educational experience in their communities, embedded in their communities, that they can do as a commuter, that they can do part-time, and that, that they're having the opportunity to um, be educated by top-quality faculty and supported by uh, student services people who are passionate about making opportunities available to those students, whether it be emergency loans or whether it be advising on what to take next semester or career advising. And I would like to urge policymakers to remember that when you support community colleges with the tools that you have available as a, po as a policymaker, like uh, enabling legislation um, that might allow community colleges to uh, provide more services uh, to students, or whether it is, of course, uh, through the appropriations process and providing more financial support to community colleges, you are supporting students who may, who for whom those colleges may be their best bet for um, upward social mobility and um, a great life and a crack at the American dream. So that's what I would say. That's mic drop right there. That's that's what we need to say. So look, guys, thank you so much. Uh, and keep telling that great story in Lansing. Keep, keep adding the Michigan voice to this national conversation. It's, uh, it's really special to talk to you because obviously I grew up in Michigan. I love all 28 of your member colleges. I had a great time in my career there. And please say hello to everybody there and keep doing the great work you're doing for Michigan Community College students. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Keep up the good work as well. All right. Great. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Well, I'm here at the annual meeting of the American Association of Community Colleges, and I bumped into Faisal Amin, who uh, wrote a great article on LinkedIn about the hashtag NCC stigma campaign. Faisal, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, uh, good to be here. Well, great. And so what made you want to write about what's happening with this? And do and, and you inspired me to get on LinkedIn. So what what is it that made you think to write that? 
Well, first of all, Dr. Robinson, anytime I can inspire you to do anything, uh, uh, that's uh, in my honor and privilege. So thank okay, you great. for getting inspired by me. Uh, I'm going to quote you on that because my wife and uh, children won't believe me when I tell them this. They, they uh, should. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, well, uh, you know, I just happened to come across uh, the hashtag um, that you helped start. Mm -hmm. um, uh, as I do my normal research, uh, you know, uh, on occasion, I do spend time seeing what uh, are some of the up-and-coming trends, what are some of the things that are emerging, people are talking about not only, um, uh, you know, online, but especially on the social media. And, um, and the hashtag, uh, quite frankly, resonated with me because as a product of the community college system uh, myself, uh, whatever limited success I've had, um, it, I do attribute that to the community colleges. And I do find that a lot of times we tend to be very um, uh, shy about, uh, you know, acknowledging the fact that we're part of the community college system, mm -hmm. or more importantly, we feel a sense of stigma uh, that by putting that on the front burner, that, that may um, um, lead to people, um, you know, thinking less of us, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, so, um, so that's what resonated with me. Well, and you, and you told that story so well. And so have you had much reaction to what you wrote on LinkedIn? Oh, surprisingly so. You know, uh, if anything, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, it's almost like that unspoken uh, thing that everyone uh, is passionate about. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to be able to vocalize it. And it, this gives them an opportunity to, uh, you know, either like it or comment on it. Um, uh, so, but it has been one of those LinkedIn posts that I've gotten good traction on. Um, and to my uh, surprise, uh, quite frankly, I was writing uh, straight from the heart. I had no intention of uh, uh, capitalizing on this, and um, if that's a term I can use. Yeah. Um, but uh, to my surprise, uh, you know, I think um, we've tapped into something there. Yeah, we have. And it was a fun piece. And I thank you for taking it to another social media outlet. And Faisal, it's so great to see you here at AACC. And uh, thank Thanks for connecting with me and thanks for writing about this campaign on LinkedIn. Uh, well, it's my pleasure and uh, thank you for, again, for um, uh, taking, uh, uh, taking on this challenge, embracing this, and more importantly, anything that we can do to help support you and others in this uh, great initiative. Uh, at least uh, I speak on my behalf, consider me a resource. Excellent. We'll just keep telling your story because it's a good one. Amen. Thanks, Faisal. Thank you. Well, it's my real pleasure to be talking to Maddie Cumpston, who is a grad student at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, she currently works with collegiate athletics, doing uh, work with the football team at University of Oklahoma. Maddie, how you doing? Good, good. I am so happy to be talking to you, and you reached out to me with this wonderful story that begins at a community college, so I'm so happy that we're talking. What is it about this um, social media movement to push back on community college stigma that has resonated with you so much? So I started at Hutchinson Community College, which is in Hutchinson, Kansas, mm -hmm. in 2014. I uh, played volleyball there for two years. So I was a student athlete. Uh, we were a pretty uh, successful team. We were 31-1 and one the two years I was there in conference. Went to nationals both years. Uh, so I had a pretty good uh, experience athletic-wise. Mm -hmm. But then uh, just experience overall, that school is amazing. I go back there all the time. It's what I call my home. It's where I have met my forever friends. And 
from there, I actually transferred to Oklahoma State, which I knew I was always going to go there. They just didn't have a volleyball team. So Mm -hmm. that kind of changed my decision on where I wanted to go to school. So majored in sports management and marketing. The two years I was at Oklahoma State, worked in athletics there with student development and student athlete development and marketing. And then graduated from there in May of 2018 and then went straight to grad school. So I started in August of 2018 and I'll graduate in May of 2020 with my master's of education in adult and higher education with an emphasis in intercollegiate athletics administration. Well, that's fantastic. So it's clear that collegiate athletics has made a big impact on you, specifically in the NJCAA. What can you tell me about being a a student athlete uh, at at the community college level? I was extremely lucky to be at Hutch. We have an amazing staff. We have an amazing gym. We have one of the we do have the biggest uh, arena for JUCO athletics. I played volleyball Hutchinson, Hutchinson Sports Arena. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it. it's crazy because when I was there, you know, volleyball, we were very successful, but we also were, had like a, her locker room was pretty much like a smaller closet because they're current, they were trying to pass um, something so they could uh, redo the sports arena. So mm-hmm. I was actually there during that time that we got that passed in order to build the more gyms and everything. Uh, so that was kind of cool to be there at that time. But just overall, I that's where I met my mentor, my cur- current mentor, Mark Patrick. He is the assistant to the commissioner for the KJCCC, and he's kind of who took me under his wing mm-hmm. and I it's almost six years later and I still talk to him at least once a month about what's going on and he made my love for athletics realize that I could actually take it a step further and do a career and that I had no idea as a freshman in college I could work in athletics so you know volleyball was taken away from me but athletics will always be a part of me um I know I want to work for the NJCAA when I graduate. Uh-huh. I want to provide that opportunity for students like that I had um, even to make it better because I know sometimes the transfer process isn't the best. That's what uh, I've kind of done my educational philosophy on um, for my master's program is the transfer process um, and how that, how that can affect student athletes mm-hmm. and the, uh, I was one of the lucky ones to graduate quote unquote on time mm-hmm. um, in the four, the two years at JUCO, two years at a university. Uh, and that was just because I had my plan set out before I even started at Hutch. So some students don't have that opportunity to know what school they're going to transfer to because they do want to go on and play athletics. Right. Right. So, you know, some of my friends are in two years of extra school, possibly because they weren't able to look at the trans- what would transfer and what wouldn't. Um, a big thing for me was like I was enrolled in a simple geology class mm-hmm. and I had, was looking up my classes to make sure they transferred in a, my geology class wouldn't even transfer. A lot of it also has to do because I'm out of I was out of state. Um, so I ended up changing it to uh, a to a different class, another science class, and it transferred. So just that was me being aware of 
what was going to be the, my next step. And some students aren't lucky enough to have that support system. Like my sister who had gone to Oklahoma state before me to know exactly what I needed to be looking for. Wow. So it sounds like you're, you're finding ways to leverage your own experience to help student athletes in the future as they make that jump from uh, two year college to four year college. A hundred percent. I think it's definitely something that's missing right now. Interesting. Well, that's great. Well, I um, I recently got a real appreciation for two-year college athletics. I've, uh, you know, I, as you probably know, I'm at a I'm at a volleyball school too. And yes. 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 And uh, we're very proud of our volleyball uh, program. And I'm really inspired uh, by how you've internalized this as your own career path. So you, one of the things that I'm interested in though, is as you've made that transition from Hutch to OU, mm-hmm. um, have you encountered any negative or bad preconceptions or misconceptions about community colleges? I've thought about this one and I can't think of like an exact situation, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just the reactions that I remember uh, that I would get from people when they were like, oh, like, where did you go to school before this? Because they realized I transferred uh-huh. and I would tell them, oh, I went to a community college. And they would just kind of have these stunned looks on their face like, oh, we're like, were you didn't did you not have a high enough ACT score to get into Oklahoma State? Ah. That's the thing because that is the first thing they think is, oh, you weren't good enough to come here at first. So you had to go somewhere lower or second class as they would say like it right. like I wasn't worthy enough uh interesting which I don't I don't believe at all like I get very defensive when we talk about community colleges during class because I know how much of a positive impact it had on me and all of my friends that I was with mm-hmm. um so well that's wonderful keep doing that yeah I mean it's all about sharing your story I talked to the uh head of the NJCAA about the stigma of community colleges um so I could write one of my papers and I was like what like what do I need to be doing personally and he was like just keep sharing your story and I'm like I am like every class I feel like I'm talking about where I came from and how much an impact that Hutch made on me uh, so that's a fan you know, that's the right that's the right answer to keep telling that story mm-hmm. and, and the other thing some some of your some of your uh, new classmates at OU need to come uh, watch a community college volleyball game I've <laughs> that's incredible level of play I've been really it impressed is. yeah it is so uh, you know obviously your time at Hutch has stuck with you and and yeah. and it's made an imprint on what you want to do with your life what is it that, what is it that makes you proud to be the product of of a community college? Literally everything. Like, I my boyfriend got me my jersey framed um, for Christmas with a couple of pictures and with like our my stats on it. Like that brought tears to my eyes because you know it's just my community college jersey and yes that was three years ago, but like it, that Jersey means the world to me to know that that's where I come from. Like, that's the first place when it, somebody asks me where I'm from, I want to say Hutch. Like, I don't want to say Wichita. Um, my first thing is Hutch because that's where I kind of blossomed as a person. That is so cool. That thing's going to be in your office, whatever you do in your career. 100%. Oh, I, love I, have it. My, I have my Hutch diploma in my hanging up in my office and in my house, even here, a lot of people kind of, you know, they may get their, uh, associate's degree and not even talk about it. And I'm like, no, I earned that. Like I spent two years, I worked my butt off 
I'm keeping it. Like I'm hanging it up. Uh, so it's just, I don't know where I would be without uh, my time at Hutch. Cause like I said, being a student athlete made things even better. I had my coaches there that provided me with a lot of structure that I don't think I would have had going straight to a four year. Mm -hmm. We were held to a higher standard to keep our good grades. That was a big thing. Uh, so I never really had grade slippage. Like some students are having to retake classes. Uh, when I got to Oklahoma state, some of my friends were retaking classes cause they failed them their freshman year. And I was like, that would have never been an option for me. Like our coaches, we were in study hall every single day. If right. our grades were, we were going to extra study hall. And I was never against that because I knew how much uh, academics meant to me too. Um, community colleges, I mean, they're just, a, they're just vital in the academic development of college students. Um, they provide us with the smaller class sizes. At Oklahoma State, the first class I walked into my junior year had 400 plus students in it. Wow. I, I was in complete, like complete shock. Like I kind of had a mini panic attack. So I was like, I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> you know, I came from Hutch where I had 30 people tops in my class. I had a good relationship with all my teachers, a good relationship with all my uh, peers in the class. Like my teachers knew me by name. And in those class settings, those teachers did not know you by name because they have 399 other students that they got to worry about also. That's right. Uh, That's right. Well, you know, Maddie, that, wow, what, a, what an incredible uh, observation and, and one that I think a lot of people don't uh, pay attention to this. If you're at a mm -hmm. research university, you know, you're obviously going to be in these big sections with recitations mm -hmm. with grad students, but you, you know, you touched on this earlier, but I'd, I'd love you to talk about it more. You know, imagine like you, like in your classes, the, your, your, your classmates at OU, at, uh, what, um, what would you tell them about community colleges if you thought they had harbored some of these negative stereotypes about them? What would you say to try to give them a more accurate view of what community colleges are? Well, I first tell them to stop it because I mean, that's more of an uneducated outlook that they have. Um, again, it's just that stigma that they have towards community colleges that they think that they're just lesser than um, a four-year university when they're not. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, we have the smaller class sizes. They're cost-effective, like especially when you go in as a student-athlete, they're covering some of those big costs for you. And that was huge. Like I'm coming out of college without any debt because I started off two years at a community college. Right. And I still like, I wholeheartedly believe that I learned a lot more at Hutch than I could have at my two years of o at Oklahoma state because of that one-on-one -on -one time I could have with my teachers. Uh, we had the tutor, like we had unlimited tutors um, for anyone, not just student athletes. So we, we had that opportunity given to us that I could just go in there any day of the week and get help with my accounting. Cause I know I really struggled. <laughs> that was one of my classes I really struggled with. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I would have been able to have the time to do that at a four-year university. And it kind of just gives you a chance to ease into the college life instead of diving right in. I think that's where a lot of problems happen. Um, and again, like I said, it was very structured where from a student athlete standpoint, they, they get us on the ball right away. You know, my sport was fall. So I was there a month before school even started and I was locked in. So, I mean, you just got to tell them that it's okay to go to community college. It is nothing against you. You are not stupid. You like, that's my biggest thing is people thinking that you're, um, 
you're not smart enough to go to a four-year university. Because what also people don't realize is, you know, someone might not have the best ACT score, and especially this happens in athletics. They go to a junior college. Well, guess what? They're playing. They're starting for their first two years. They're starting playing. They're getting that experience. And then they're getting their grades up and being able to transfer to a four-year university and then being an immediate impact player for the next two years that they're there. So that provided them with the opportunity that they're then they're playing four years of college athletics instead of maybe playing one or two because they probably sat the bench uh, behind a junior or senior. Yeah, so, I've, heard, I've heard that from a lot of two-year college athletes mm-hmm. that, you know, you get to be a starter and uh, all those life lessons that come from competition at that level. And, and again, mm-hmm. I've seen that level of play with, with our athletes. So, Wow. Well, I think that's a very compelling case that you'd make. And, you know, Maddie, I, will, I want to compliment you. The The way you've internalized your story and turned it into a career path for yourself is inspiring to me. And I wish you all the best as you pursue uh, this goal of yours. And I really appreciate you taking time to talk with me. Uh, anytime I can sit here and talk about how much I love my junior college experience, I want to do it. So I want to in this stigma just as much as the next person and I'm going to do whatever I can to, uh, to end it. Well, you get out there and do it. Thank you, Maddie. <laughs> well, I am very fortunate to be talking to Isaac Morrison, who is a contractor with USAID, but was connected with us through a tweet that he made uh, in connection to his community college experience. Isaac, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Hey, thank you for reaching out to me. And it's it's really cool that, you're, uh, that your former community college uh, kind of put us in touch with one another. Uh, where did you attend community college? I went to Harrisburg Area Community College in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. That, well, great. And obviously, since you since you were involved in a tweet or uh, a reply to a tweet, this this issue of community college stigma uh, resonated with you. What what was the connection? What what interests you in this topic? Well, I mean, first of all, I I really enjoyed and appreciated my time at the community college. I had uh, the the freedom to work my way through classes, figure out what direction I wanted to go in and really think about where I wanted to take my education. And, and that was really important to me uh, at the time. And also, you know, the affordability, the flexibility, all of that made it possible for me to work my way through an associate's degree while figuring out where I wanted to go with my degree. But then also after I finished my uh, associate's degree at the community college, I went on to get a bachelor's degree at a state university. I got a master's degree from a private university. And then uh, after that, I even had the chance to go back and teach at a community college, uh, one here in in Maryland, where I'm based now, uh, Montgomery College. And I got to see the reactions of the students I was teaching. And I saw that many of them were almost ashamed to be going to a community college. They would downplay the, 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 that aspect of it. And I was able to bring my own experiences to the table as somebody who had worked my way essentially up from a community college all the way to a a respected private institution and let them know that the community college is is an important and really helpful, useful starting point. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. And in fact, it's oftentimes 
the best choice you can make under some circumstances. Well, right. And what, what a cool story. So, you know, you had a uh, community college experience and went on to achieve a master's degree. And it sounds like when you noticed that, uh, well, you used the word ashamed with your students at Montgomery, you were able to show, show yourself as an example of, of somebody who moved from the community college right up into graduate work and was now a professor. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they would be maybe joking about it, you know, maybe self-effacing, trying to put a, 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 a good face on, on the, the, the situation, but sort of gently mocking themselves and each other. Ah. But I could really tell that, that behind that, there was an insecurity right. about being a community college student. Interesting. Interesting. And it, what's interesting to me about that, and I'm having a lot of conversations like this, is, you know, our institutions are doing great work. I mean, you were teaching at a, a very prominent community college. Montgomery is a, an excellent school. and But you even detected that, even if they were partially joking, there was a self-effacing nature to the way the students were viewing themselves. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not necessary. I mean, sure, you should never take yourself too seriously. Right. Uh, but but the, the quality of the education was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, the programs were great. The, the school itself was tremendously supportive. And, uh, you know, I could see that, the, that many of the students I was working with had, you know, obviously very bright futures ahead of them. Interesting. So I have a question. So you obviously work in the, uh, the, the, the greater DC area in, in Maryland and your work connects you with, uh, you know, the federal government. Have, have you bumped into, uh, other folks, colleagues in either who are contractors or working in federal agencies who have, uh, community college in their background? You know, it's an interesting question. I, I don't think it's really come up. Uh, and I think it's maybe something people are hesitant to put on their uh, their CVs or their right. resumes when they apply for positions. Uh, they'll put the the school that they, they finished their bachelor's degree at, but maybe not where they started their academic career. I think you're right about that. And so so you, you go on to uh, get a master's degree at a great place like GW, uh, but the, the folks in your situation might not list that Montgomery degree on their CV. Yeah. Inter- yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, so what's clear to me about the conversation that we're, that you and I are having is that, um, you know, your connection to Harrisburg and your experience uh, in the community college stuck with you and it's a point of pride. What, what is it that makes you proud to have uh, attended a community college? Well, uh, I would say above everything else, uh, I also met my wife at the community college. Well, there you go. And <laughs> so that's kind of a big deal. It's a very, we both big finished deal. the community. Yeah. We both finished community college with associates degrees. I finished my bachelor's in, in Maryland at the university of Maryland in college park. She went on to finish hers at Towson also in the university of Maryland system. I went on to get my 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 master's. She went on to get her master's. So it's actually we followed a very close track um, post uh, post community college, and uh, and that's it's the the community college part of it was such an important element, uh, both for our our 
budding first friendship and then relationship, uh, but also as a, as a starting off point for, for, you know, two, I think relatively stable and, and successful careers now. Well, that's, that's uh, romantic. I, I, I love it. I, and, and when you think about it, that is the community college fulfilling its mission, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're connecting people and then uh, opening that door for future learning. So that's fantastic. So clearly um, you had an opportunity to do this with your students at Montgomery. Um, but uh, imagine that you had a group of uh, people assembled who had some misconceptions or some of these self-effacing stigmas about community colleges and knowing what you know and you having your experience, what would you tell that group about community colleges? I think I would emphasize one of the things I, I mentioned before, which is the ability to be flexible in your, your field of study. Uh, to to take the time to take a few extra classes that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily take uh, because you're maybe stressed about a, a a rapid graduation timeline or or the cost of school, which is you know understandably severe. Mm-hmm. Uh, having those opportunities, uh, and then also the the other thing about the um, the community college program is oftentimes you get more access to. Uh, sort of applied skills uh, that would be more more common to maybe a trade school. So I, for example, I got to take classes in ceramics, both both uh, art ceramics, but also industrial ceramics. Uh, not that it's anything I do with my life now, but having that that opportunity to to really learn an applied skill just by taking a couple extra classes while I was doing all of my other coursework was tremendously uh, rewarding to me. Well, that's fantastic to hear because, you know, sometimes, sometimes people's assumptions about two-year colleges is that it's, you know, it, it as a commuter school, it's all business and you only take the classes that you need and there's no opportunity for exploring. But what I hear you say is you were able to have some hands-on experiences in some things that maybe don't directly impact the job that you have now, but added to your experience as a human being. Exactly. Exactly. I came away from it really, I, I think, feeling like a a more rounded person rather than simply pursuing, uh, you know, abstract intellectual pursuits, which, you know, of course I love, uh, you mm-hmm. know, that's one of the great things about higher education is, is having the, the opportunity to, to stretch your mind, but also to go beyond that and to, to learn some very pragmatic, very applicable uh, skills in other areas that maybe are not as cerebral. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Isaac, I want to thank you for taking some time to talk to me, <clears throat> and uh, and and thanks also to. Uh, it sounds like community college uh, has a place in your family story because it's kind of the origin story of your uh, uh, of your marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great. I appreciate your time, and thank you for connecting with me and telling your story about uh, being a community college graduate. Thank you, Steve. Well, it is a beautiful day on campus today, and I took a trip across campus to the Center for Fine and Performing Arts to sit down with Lisa Humphrey, who's the secretary here in the Department of Fine and Performing Arts. How are you, Lisa? I'm good. 
Hey, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me about this because this hashtag NCC stigma campaign has kind of spoken to you. Uh, what is it about this that has resonated with you? Um, well, uh, a lot, actually, because I'm a graduate of Owens. Mm -hmm. I work here now at Owens. I actually left for several years when I was not working here, and I'm now back again. So, um, And I just think that community colleges are a great place to start um, people's education for higher learning. Well, I couldn't agree more, and I'm so glad you came back. Um, and one of the things that, because we're sitting here in our beautiful theater and fine and performing arts, that's something that not everybody probably associates with a community college. Could you talk a, a little bit about some of the great arts programming that we have here at the CFPA? Oh, yeah. Um, actually, this week is a big week for us because we have our um, She Kills Monsters um, production, our student spring production. So that's a play. Yeah, a yeah. play mm -hmm. in our theater, um, and that runs Thursday through Sunday. And then we also have um, our opening reception for our student art show that will be happening down in the Terhune Art Gallery on Friday. And um, then we also have Vinyl Hour, which um, is our broadcast media students that will be happening on Saturday. So there's always like lots and lots and lots of stuff going on. So there's, this is a great sort of pocket of culture of campus over yeah. here, the CFPA. <laughs> and yeah, I'm looking forward to Vinylthon. Obviously, that'll be fun on Record Store Day. Mm -hmm. So um, do, but one of the things we're talking about with this social media campaign is some of the unfair or inaccurate uh, preconceptions that folks have about community colleges. Have you have you encountered any of this uh, out in the world? Yeah, I just think that a lot of times um, people think, you know, a community college, you won't get the same education or maybe have the same teachers or um, just anything that like the big four-year colleges can offer. And I feel that that's totally not true. Um, I think that your education is amazing here because your classes are smaller um, the teachers might be even a little bit more dedicated to, you know, one-on-one -on -one interaction with students. And um, I don't know, I just love it here. Well, so. we love having you here. And it's kind of cool that, you know, this, your real uh, connection to this community college is your story. You went to school here mm -hmm. and now you're back working here. So that's great. And uh, because of that, I can tell that you're really proud to be associated with this community college. What makes you proud to be a community college graduate? Um, just that um, I got my education here and um, I just I love the teachers and the students. And um, I don't know, it's just it's a great atmosphere for students, for faculty, for staff. Um, it's like a family. I agree. That's what it feels like to me. So if you, speaking of family, if you had some families come to campus and they were thinking about all the options for college for everyone in their family, whether it's, you know, mom or dad going back to college or a college, a, a high school age student, and they were considering community colleges, but maybe had some of these negative preconceptions, what would you tell those families about community college? Um, I would definitely tell them to do research on different colleges, but um, as far as Owens goes, um, I just think it's the best place for students to um, experience the college atmosphere, um, and just, it's, I don't know, it's just everything good. Um, trying to think of like my, even my own kids because they're getting older and you know I'm just trying to decide like what are they going to want to do and whatever but um, 
I don't know. It's just it's just a great place. And even, you know, if they do want to go to a four year, you know, we we have the opportunity for them to, you know, transfer their credits. And it's just it's a great start, especially if they're really unsure of what they want to do. Um, I don't want to bring up the it's cheaper, but it is cheaper to go to community college yeah. and to save your parents money. Why not? <laughs> yeah, well, it, and so. conserve those resources for something later. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah excellent. Well, sure. the, I, I think that's a really great argument to be made mm-hmm. to, to families. It sounds like a conversation maybe you're having with your own kids so that are in the future. So, well, Lisa, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, it is my real honor to be joined by my great colleague, Dr. Alex Johnson, who is the president of Cuyahoga Community College in Ohio. Alex, how are you this evening? Uh, Doing very well, Dr. Robinson. And you? I am great. And I'm so happy to be talking to you because in addition to your amazing leadership nationally and in the state of Ohio, you and your colleagues at Tri-C have really championed this effort to change people's minds about community college. So I'm really happy to be having this conversation. And I, and I wonder, what is it about this topic that resonates with you as one of our great national community college leaders? Well, thank you very much, um, uh, Dr. Robinson, first of all, for allowing me to be part of this uh, very important conversation. I uh, extend my uh, sincere thanks and appreciation to you uh, for bringing it to our attention and to light uh, and for your continued uh, leadership of Owens Community College, which is another uh, great two-year institution in Ohio. I think uh, among the things that really excited us about this endeavor is the fact that this resonates with individuals on a national scale. Uh, All too often we find ourselves, I'm talking about community college leaders now, in the position where we have to defend some of the things that are said about community colleges historically, that they are extensions of high school and designed for individuals who can't get into four-year institutions, and that the primary focus is on technical and vocational training. Uh, Despite the fact that Community colleges, the modern-day community colleges, uh, 60 years old, and the fact that they've been around that long, uh, more than half of a century, we still find ourselves uh, needing to defend them. And this is unfortunate, quite honestly, uh, for uh, an institution that is a true community college invention. And while the modern-day community college is about 60 years old, uh, we began two-year education in this country more than 100 years ago uh, with junior colleges, and they were designed for individuals whose ultimate goal was to get into four-year institutions but could not do it at that particular point in time. And quite honestly, I think this is where some of the stigma started probably 100 years ago when these institutions were founded to enable individuals who could not get in some of the more prestigious institutions to see this as a pathway. But I think think we have done an outstanding job in promoting ourselves, and we know that there's a lot more work to be done. Yes, there is, and I sure appreciate that history lesson. You know, we haven't gone there yet. And that's really important for you to provide that historical context. So thanks for doing that, because I think you're exactly right. The origins of those misconceptions, they go a long way back. So I I really appreciate that. Now, speaking of those uh, stigmas or misconceptions, can you think of an example or an anecdote from your important work where you've seen that stigma up close and personal? I see it uh, nearly at least, um, you know, uh, once or twice a week. 
And it has to do with, quite honestly, individuals who want to extol the virtues of community colleges and uh, want to really position them as institutions that promote uh, workforce development primarily. But they they don't distinguish that community colleges are indeed post-secondary in, uh, institutions. So you hear such phrases as, not everybody can go to college, or right. uh, they differentiate between two years and four-year institutions. And they talk about workforce training as opposed to the liberal education uh, opportunities that are provided at community colleges that allow individuals to transfer seamlessly to four-year institutions. So I find myself each and every day correcting individuals, quite honestly, who have a desire to ensure that community colleges really contribute to the economic and growth of our of our country. Mm-hmm. Then I get individuals, and these are students, uh, who ask me, for example, will my courses transfer to a four-year institution? Is the quality of the of the experience that I'm getting here on par with four-year institutions. I really wanted to go to a four-year institution, but because I didn't have my act together, because I didn't know what I wanted to do, I decided to go to a two-year institution. Now, all all of that's valid, Mm -hmm. but I'm just suggesting to you there's still a lot of work that we have to do, Dr. Robinson, to ensure that individuals who even want to represent the interests of community colleges are knowledgeable and understanding about what it is we do and I believe very strongly that we need to really provide a more a greater foundation uh, to promote student understanding. And then also uh, within the school setting, we've got to make sure that counselors and other advisors know our value and worth as well. Well, that's such an astute observation because you made me think of something, uh, and that is that not everyone who perpetuates these uh, misconceptions or stigmas are are trying to oppose us, right? Sometimes it's our friends. Oh, absolutely. And so uh, I guess I have a follow-up question for you is that when you have someone who is kind of friendly to our institutions but not being helpful in the way that you mentioned, what, what's your approach to a redirection there? I mean, you're so diplomatic. I've interacted with you in person. <laughs> I, I'd love to have some tips. I bet a lot of us would. When somebody's deploying those misconceptions and but they're a friend, how, how do we redirect? Well, quite honestly, it's easier uh, to correct those individuals uh, as opposed to those whose knowledge about uh, community colleges is entrenched. Ah, I see. Um, so, you know, so my thing is, you know, when we talk to, talk to that latter audience about their misconceptions, we can be blamed of that that's a responsibility that we have to defend. So our, mm. our, uh, our defense is not credible. But what we've got to do is get more people understanding about community colleges so that and knowledgeable so that they can uh, share, they can convey a more positive message about us. And I think that's part of our responsibility as well to educate the general public about who and what we are. And, and you know, we, we do that every day, uh, both right. in terms of our programs, our outreach, our connection to the larger community, and the list goes on and on and on. Yes, but it's it, still a work in progress, as you can imagine. It sure is, and 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 that is a, an important role of the college president, right? You're still a teacher. I mean, I've seen, I saw you on the news in Cleveland with this very topic about stigma, yeah. and you're teaching your community what Tri C is all about and why why they need you. Yes, 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 and I'm pretty sure that you do the same in your community. Yes. Other colleagues that we have throughout Ohio and the nation have to have to engage in the same thing. 
Agreed. Well, you you are a very prominent community college CEO, someone who's a great uh, proponent of the sector. So this might seem like a silly question to you, but what what is it that makes you proud to serve a community college? Wow, that's um, that's a really good question, and uh, the only answer that I have is that. Uh, community colleges, I, I, I believe, are more uh, connected uh, to my personal values and beliefs. Uh, this is my 26th year as a community college president somewhere. And I came from the four-year sector of, uh, previously before that where I served as a vice president for academic affairs. And I made the move uh, to community colleges uh, fairly reluctantly. Um, uh, because a, a friend of mine asked me what I consider a two-year college presidency. And while I had a general understanding about what they did, uh, that understanding uh, certainly was not as um, extensive as it is today. Uh, but when I set foot the first time at Cuyahoga Community College some 25 years ago when I became president of the Metropolitan Campus, and noted the tremendous engagement in the community and the people that they served uh, and the impact that it was having uh, on uh, not only um, Greater Cleveland but beyond, those things resonated with me. Uh, and when I took this presidency, I think I had a greater understanding of the uh, essentially appreciation that individuals had for community colleges over four-year institutions and the fact that uh, people could really benefit and thrive and ultimately uh, be uh, contributing uh, individuals of society. So uh, when, that, when I had that chance, uh, it, was, it was important to me. And since then, I've had three other college presidencies, uh, including the one back here at Cuyahoga as the college president. So it was just, I think I, there was a better fit for me on a personal level mm -hmm. and uh, all of the professional stuff, the technical stuff could be applied at the same time. So I, I just believe very, very strongly in these institutions and I think they represent the best interest of individuals and the communities that we serve. Well, we're so fortunate that you came to our sector and stayed. And uh, I, I also really love what you said about the institution's values matching your own. I think that's something that a lot of us in the community college movement have in common. So that's, uh, that's inspirational to me to hear you say that. Now, you are often in this situation, I would imagine. But um, uh, if you could have an opportunity to address a group that may harbor some of these uh, misconceptions that you described, you know, pl putting too much force on either or workforce uh, focus or not understanding the transfer mission. What would, what would your primary argument be to that group to try to uh, give them a more accurate view of community colleges? Well, I think, I think what I do is just, um, uh, you know, take advantage of their pride in America and then help them understand that, Community colleges, as I said before, are unique American inventions that they were established foremost to give individuals a chance to enter ultimately a four-year institution. And then in the uh, 40s, uh, as a result of the Truman Report, mm -hmm. there was a recommendation that a, 
a network of community colleges, two-year institutions, be established nationwide. So we have a rich uh, and robust history in American higher education as the singular institution that was designed specifically for Americans. And initially, our mission was around um, a transfer, but it, it then began focusing more specifically on workforce and talent development because mm-hmm. we had a lot of um, we had a lot of soldiers returning from Vietnam who needed to develop their their crafts and 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 become uh, really reacclimated to to their uh, to their to their cities uh, and and more recently that liberal arts education the technical training have been uh, really important uh, for um, for community colleges and then ultimately the graduates who go on and make an impact on their community. So when I think about our mission mm-hmm. and think about the history, we're more in line with schools like Ohio State, the flagship uh, or land-grant institutions that focus on not only liberal learning and general education, but also a technical mission. So that's where we position ourselves. And I think what we have to do is take pride in our unique positions mm-hmm. uh, as uh, community colleges. It's it's something that is not reflective of any of the other sectors uh, in American higher education. Well, I, I love that strategy because, you know, what I hear you saying is that you would you would leverage the patriotism of that audience, the fact that they have pride in their country and teach them what a uniquely American invention the community college is. And that makes me reflect, one of the great things about community colleges is in this very divided time, we have the ability to really be everyone's ally, right? Everybody needs us. Community colleges are at the forefront. And at the end of the day, there's there's a lot of faith and investment in them so that America can become more competitive in terms of its workforce and also in terms of degree attainment. Now, everybody knows that at one point in time, we were among the world's, the world's leaders in terms of the production of college graduates. Right. Now we're ranked 14th among the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development countries, which are the 38 uh, most productive countries in the world. And we just need to do a better job with uh, with degree attainment and workforce development and talent development. I could not agree more, Dr. Johnson. And it's so great for you to not only give a national perspective and an historical perspective politically, but also to end on that global note, because we are in competition with other countries. And I think... Uh, I think that America really needs to value its community colleges if we're going to regain our footing. Don't you agree? I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, we, uh, under President Obama, when there was the, the American Graduation Initiative announced, we promised that we would produce 50% more graduates between 2010 and, two, and 2020. And we're well on our way to doing that. So community colleges are important to America's resurgence, particularly as it relates to uh, degree completion. Well, Dr. Johnson, I can't think of a more uplifting note to end the conversation. That was a a, a great uh, way to explain our value. And I really want to thank you for taking some time to talk to me. Oh, it's not a problem. Thank you so very much for having me. 
Well, that's it for episode six of the hashtag NCC Stigma podcast project. I hope you have enjoyed hearing the voices of our many allies who are working to end the stigma against community colleges by using social media. If you missed the previous episodes, all of them can be easily found on our landing page at nccstigma.org. That's E-N-D-C-C-Stigma.org. Based on many comments and encouragement, I will be creating more podcasts in the near future. This podcast is produced, recorded, and engineered by Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio. My Twitter handle is at OCCPresident. The theme music is Make Your Dream Reality by Scott Holmes of scottholmesmusic.com and is licensed through Creative Commons. As we conclude Series 1, I want to thank you for listening to the many voices who are working to advance the image of America's community and technical colleges. Please push back against inaccurate and unfair characterizations of our colleges and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. Continue to use the hashtag NCCStigma as we focus our efforts and attempt to change the conversation. Thank you very much for listening.